I appreciate, Jamie, you reminding us that this is your fourth anniversary here at Myo Baptist. I, I love, you know, I, I pick at Jamie a lot, um, but I, a lot. <laughs> and uh, I, I love Jamie and Amber and, and the kids, and I'm grateful that they are here. I enjoy working with, with Jamie. We, I, I sort of say we laugh at the same things. He probably laughs at what I laugh at because he feels obligated to because I'm the boss. So I'll give him the complimentary laugh so I don't get in trouble. Um, but I really do. I, I love Jamie. You know, we met Jamie uh, years ago when he came to Camp Kobiak. He served there as a program director and left Camp Kobiak. And, and we, we just clicked. Uh, it just seemed as if Sharon and I and uh, Amber and Jamie and I just gravitated toward towards each other. And uh, then he left Kobiak and went down to Florida. And, and how many years were you in Florida? Six and a half years. So I've known Jamie about seven or eight years before he ever uh, came here. And there, there came a time in our ministry, and this is how the Lord works, there came a time in this ministry where Brother Brian was being called to the Lord to go be a senior pastor. And uh, I fully expect that with assistant pastors. I, I fully expect to hire the kind of, uh, of guys that have aspirations to be a senior pastor. And in God's timing, that, that can and probably will happen. And in some cases, it doesn't. Some guys stay assistants for, for many years. But it, there came a time when, you know, Brian came and talked to me and said he felt the Lord was calling him to be a senior pastor. I said, that's great, and, you know, we'll pray for you. And when the door opens, you know, let us know. I hate to see you go, but I fully understand because I was an assistant one time myself. And, um, you know, I get it, and I wouldn't try to ever keep you from even though we love Brian and Rachel and his kids greatly, it's not for me to call the shots in their life. And uh, so it, it just so happened, this is the way the Lord works, that as the Lord was calling them, Brian and Rachel, to Missouri, uh, the Lord was calling uh, Am, Am, Amber and Jamie uh, away from the church in Florida, and, and just at the same time. And it worked out just beautifully that uh, as Brian left, uh, Jamie was here. I'm, I'm trying to think, maybe some of you, maybe Jamie, you remember. How long was it when Brian, before after Brian had left, before y'all got here. It wasn't... He, he was, if you go back four years ago, last weekend, you all had a going away for him, and then we came in the following Sunday. The, boy, it doesn't get any closer than that. Brian leaves one Sunday, and uh, the Lundquist family comes the next. And I, I believe the Lord was in it, and I am honored to have uh, Amber and Jane. I want to say Amy and Jamber. <laughs> That's what keeps wanting to come out. But it is good to to have them here and hope so for uh, a, a long time. We're in a series entitled Cultivating Christian Character. And we said this, and pay attention, I realize one of the biggest challenges about the afternoon service is you get sleepy, right? Go ahead, you can admit it. Get sleepy. No, so if I need to do cartwheels or stand on my head or... Stand on my head. What is it we used to say down south? You stand on your head, stack BBs with boxing gloves while whistling Dixie. I'm not going to do that, but if I have to, I will. This is too important a message this afternoon 
for you to not really pay attention or be distracted. And I I get it. Um, But let me tell you about cultivating Christian character. Every person in this room has character. Every person. There's, There's not a one of us in here that doesn't have character. Now the question is, is your character predominantly good character? Or is your character predominantly bad character. You have either good character qualities or poor character qualities, maybe in some cases a mixture of the two. Character is made up of the moral and ethical qualities that make you the person you are. Let me say that again. Character is made up of the moral and ethical qualities that make you the person you are. Good character, I describe is the application of biblical principles in Christ-likeness. You want to have good character? Then you understand Bible principles, and you understand Christ, and you try to develop those principles and that Christ-likeness in you. When you do that, you are developing good character. If you don't know Bible principles or you ignore Bible principles and you have no aspiration to be like Christ, you are going to have poor character. Good character is the application of biblical principles and Christ-likeness. Poor character is the absence of biblical principles and Christ-likeness. Now let me ask you the $10,000 question. What's it matter? Why is it important? I am who I am, and pastor, that's just the way it is. Well, that's bad if you've got poor character. Again, I want to ask the question, why is it important? Why should you care? Why should you want to know and be aware of what kind of character you have, and if it's good character to foster that and encourage that, whereas if it is poor character, you're going to work to fix it. Why should it matter? Why should you listen this afternoon? Let me give you a reason that maybe you hadn't thought of before. I really hadn't thought about it before. I didn't connect the relationship here until I started studying through this material myself. Why is your character development, that is to be Christ-like and to live out biblical principles, why is that so important? I give you There's lots of reasons, but we're going to focus on one primary reason this afternoon. The reason you ought to listen to this message intently and make sure that you have good character or that you're developing good character is because character builds trust. Character builds trust. Poor character or bad character undermines trust. And the relationships that are important to all of us require trust. You cannot have good relationships with people who don't trust you. You are not going to have good relationships with people you don't trust. Good character builds trust. The lack of character undermines trust. And trust is bedrock to relationships. Whether it's marriage, whether it's with children, whether it's in the workplace, whether or not it's at church. Let me share some important quotes 
concerning this. Number one, trust is fundamental to life. If you cannot trust in anything, life becomes intolerable. A constant battle against paranoia and looming disaster. You can't have relationships without trust, let alone good ones. The quote underneath that, distrust, think about this, folks. This should, this should keep you from getting sleepy this afternoon, this, this whole topic right here. Because sometimes we want, why don't I have any good relationships with anybody? Why don't I have a good relationship with my spouse? Why don't I have a good relationship with my kids or with my parents or, or, or in the workplace? It could be very well this issue right here. Because distrust is one of the most insidious and corrosive forces in any relationship, whether it's between two people within a family or in a team or we could add in the workplace. You ever worked in a place where nobody trusted anybody? That is not a fun environment. You ever live in a home where nobody trusted anybody? That's not a fun environment. This person goes on to say, I suspect more marriages are wrecked by lack of trust than by actual infidelity. He goes on to say, in the workplace too, trust is essential. An organization without trust will be full of backstabbing, fear, and paranoid suspicion. Is he right about that? Isn't that the case? If you're in an organization where nobody trusts anybody, that's no fun place to be. In a family where nobody trusts anybody, that's no fun place to be. In, in, in a marital relationship where you can't trust your spouse, that is not a fun place to be. He goes on to say, colleagues who don't trust one another will need to spend more time watching their backs than doing any useful work. He says, trust is the glue that binds personal relationships and the grease that prevents frictional differences from becoming fractious. Trust is essential. And at the very heart of trust is the topic that we're talking about today, character. Character is going to make you a trustworthy person. The lack of character is going to make you an untrustworthy person. Understand the correlation between character and trust. Listen to what this individual says. Character is to trust what oxygen is to breathing. There is no level of trust possible without some level of confidence in the integrity, humility, honesty, and faithfulness of the person with whom we are in a relationship. Understand that this afternoon. Again, don't, don't go to sleep on me. Pay, pay attention. I, I see some heads nodding off. If you need to stand up and run around, the, well, no, don't. That wouldn't be good. But look at that quote again. Character is to trust what oxygen is to breathing. There is no level of trust possible without some level of confidence in the integrity, humility, honesty, and faithfulness of the person with whom we are in a relationship. You're not going to trust a person who lacks integrity. You're not going to trust a person who lacks humility. You're not going to trust a person who lacks honesty. And you're not going to trust a person who is faithful. And if you lack any of those qualities, people aren't going to trust you. That's very important for us to understand that, folks. we got to get this one right. I mean, our faith depends upon strong relationships, Strong marriages, strong families where mom and dad can trust the kids and can trust the teenagers, and the teenagers and the kids can trust mom and dad. 
It's also stated, trust in someone's character relies on more than seeing occasional flashes of good qualities, trustable qualities in another. It grows and strengthens when we see those qualities consistently and persistently across time and under various circumstances. Trust is built when you get to know somebody. Trust is built when you see their character displayed day in and day out, week in, week out, year in and year out. You trust a person who demonstrates consistently character. That tells you you can trust them. And that's critical. That's critical in a marriage. That's critical in a home. That's critical in a business. That's critical in a church. That's critical in the armed forces. So character is key. You do not trust people that lack character. You don't do it. There's people that we all don't trust. And the reason we don't trust them is because they lack character. They told you a lie. You cannot depend on them. They will not show up on time. They will only give it a half-hearted effort. And if that's describing you, then is it any wonder that you suffer in relationships? Because people can't trust you because you lack character. So then the million-dollar question is, what is character? What, what are the qualities that I need to learn about and develop in my life to make me trustworthy. Well, the good news is, number one, you can just look to Christ and look at him. And if there was anybody trustworthy, it was him. And just study him and study his life and study the kind of person he was. But in addition to that, we're doubly blessed because not only do we have him as an example of character, but the Bible lays it out for us in places where we've been studying the past two weeks in the book of Romans. In the book of Romans, there's probably, I didn't count them all, but there's probably 20 or more character traits that are just listed there for you. And we've already looked at two messages dealing with uh, some of those character traits. And today, we're going to look at uh, a third portion of those character traits listed in Romans chapter 12. Understanding that we need to make sure that this is describing you and me. The kind of person that is described in Romans chapter 12, you need to be that kind of person. And one of the blessings is that people are going to trust you. And when everybody in your family buys into this and tries to develop these qualities, you're going to have a family where everybody trusts one another. And if we can have a church where everybody buys into these principles and are doing their dead-level best to live these principles out, then we're going to have a church that can grow and can prosper because we're not pursuing a This was a good term I used years ago, or learned years ago, a negative energy drain. There's there's some things that are just negative energy drains. It's like a black hole. It it, it saps the energy from you. It keeps you from being creative. It keeps you from making progress. Such is an organization or people that lack character. They become a negative energy energy drain. You don't get things done. You don't experience 
the blessings of life that the Lord wants you to experience because of the lack of character. You can't trust anybody. And therefore, rather than your time, efforts, energy, and resources being positively used, they're sucked down into that negative energy drain. So it's important that we know what character is. And again, Christ-likeness. To be like him is to have the highest character traits possible. But thankfully, they're listed for us. Now, the ones we're going to look at today are found in verses 14 through 17. Let's read them. These are qualities that if you have them, people will think well of you. You will demonstrate yourself as a person of character. And when you have character, people will trust you. And when people trust one another, good things can and will happen. But when a group of people or two people don't trust each other, good things can't happen. And it hurts not only that relationship, but it hurts our testimony and it hurts the cause of Christ. So I'm encouraging you, take this seriously this afternoon and understand that you can change. Maybe in the past you've lacked character and as a result you've had trouble with relationships. Well, it doesn't have to stay that way. You can learn what character is, and you can ask for God's help, and you can develop those character qualities. What are some of the qualities we're talking about? Well, it's a long list in Romans chapter 12. This afternoon, we're just going to look quickly at verses 14 through 17. If you have character, you're going to bless them which persecute you. You're going to bless and curse not. If you have character, you're going to rejoice with them that do rejoice and weep with them that weep. If you have character, you're going to be of the same mind one toward another. You're going to mind not high things, but condescend to men of low estate. If you have character, you're not going to be wise in your own conceits. If you have character, you're going to recompense to no man evil for evil. You are going to provide things honest in the sight of all men. There are traits being listed there. Some are positive and some are negative. Let's look at them real quick. We'll be done this afternoon. Number one, people of character are not to have a hateful attitude towards anyone, not even towards those who persecute them. People of character are not to have a hateful attitude towards anyone, not even toward those who persecute them. Verse number 14 tells us very clearly. Bless them which persecute you. Bless and curse not. Bless them that persecute you. Bless them that do you wrong. Bless them that spread lies about you. Bless them that have stolen from you. Bless them and curse not. When we curse people... When we are angry, when we are vindictive, we demonstrate a lack of Christ-likeness. We demonstrate a lack of character. We're much less likely to trust somebody who finds out that somebody did them wrong and they are livid and they are angry and they're going to get even. Well, that's the guy I want on my team. No. No. But if you hear that somebody was done wrong, they were done really wrong, and they said, hey, I'm cool. No, I don't like it, and it was wrong. But I'm going to start praying for them. I'm going to see if maybe I can even invest in them and 
help them to see the error of their ways. I'm going to do all I can to bring them to Christ. Of that person, you say, wow, they've just earned your respect. They've just earned your trust. And that's the kind of people we need to be. If you're the kind of person that somebody does you wrong and you're just, you know, it may be your first impulse. I'll grant you, it may be your first impulse to want to get even. That's kind of a natural, sinful nature that we have. But we as Christians grab a hold of that and say, no, 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 I, I can't go. I'm not going to go there. It's just going to make me like them. And I'm not going to do that. No, a person of character will bless them who persecute them. Bless and curse not. I like this quote. The exercise of love and the discharge of the duties of benevolence are not to be confined to the saints or to people of God, but the same spirit is to be manifest towards our enemies. Yes, we're to love our family. We're to love our our church family. But what about the guy at work or the gal at work that's got it in for you and making life hard for you? Or the person that you were involved in some business transaction with and they, you know, they, they did you wrong. Well, that's wrong and that, that's bad. And you can either curse them or you can bless them. A person of character is going to keep it under control. A person of character is going to have the maturity to handle it properly. People of character are not to have hateful attitudes towards anyone, not even towards those who persecute us. Number two, people of character are to be sympathetic to those who are experiencing joy or sadness. We're to be sympathetic to those experiencing joy or sadness. The Bible tells us very unambiguously, rejoice with them who do rejoice and weep with them that weep. When a person has that kind of empathy for someone else, I would say that's a person of character. You see, some people don't rejoice with people who rejoice. They get jealous. Well, why did they get that? Why did they get the promotion? Why did they get that new car? Who do they think they are? Oh, I bet they're so far in the debt now that they got that, you know. And we just just have these cynical attitudes and spirit. No, the Bible says if somebody comes in and they've experienced a blessing, oh, you know... We, we, we got such and such or whatever. And rather than second-guessing or wondering or whatever, rejoice with them. And someone that weeps, oh, I don't want to hear from them again. I'm, I'm just tired of them. No, the Bible says weep with them that weep. People of character are sympathetic to others and understanding of others, whether they have joy or whether they have sadness. I, I remember what an encouragement it was to me personally when I really believe the Lord provided for us to be able to move out there to, to Crooked Lake. Never dreamed in a million years that Sharon and I would be able to live at a beautiful place like that. And those of you that know the story, I mean, it really took two miracles for that to happen, and they happened. Lady had to come down way down on her price, and we had to sell our house. And back then, when we bought that place, houses on the market around here were sharing three, four years it could go. Yeah. And we never put a for sale sign out in front of our house. Never, never listed it. I mean, and it sold. And this lady, the house we bought, dropped the price $40,000. You know? 
And even at that, and, and Jamie, this is one of the reasons I love Jamie. Jamie understands, you're still self-conscious of it when you're a pastor. You, you really are. You're self I don't want to live too nice. I mean, I, you know, what, what are people going to think? And I was out in the foyer one time. And she's not here in the church any longer, but an older lady in the church came up to me. And I wasn't real sure how she would feel about it. Really wasn't. I thought, oh, if anybody's going to be unhappy, like, what do you think you're doing? The rest of us don't get it. She came up to me and she said, Pastor, I am so happy for you. And she said, that's just God blessing your faithfulness here. Whoa. <laughs> that lady has no idea of the encouragement she was to this pastor that day. She was practicing this principle, rejoicing with those who rejoice and weeping with those who, who weep. And that's a sign of character. And that builds unity and that builds trust. I mean, you, you trust somebody that's sympathetic towards you. say, they get it. They understand. And that's bonding you together. That's building that trust. Number three, people of character are to value and promote harmony among people. That's what verse number 16 of the first part of that verse means. Be of the same mind one toward another. That means value and promote harmony among people. There are sadly in this world a lot of people that they're like, they're like bottom dwellers. I mean, they live off of bad stuff. They, they, you know, we, we all probably have family members that thrive on drama. You know people that live on drama, that live for drama? You know, they're happiest, you know, they're miserable when people are getting along. But the Bible thing is for us to promote harmony, to look for answers, to look for, for solutions, to, to work with one another. That's what it means. Be of the same mind one toward another. Have the same mind. Work at that. Try to find common ground. Do not emphasize all that you know and that your way is the only way and your way is always the best way and it's my way or the highway. Be of the same mind. I like this quote. Believers are to be like spokes in a wheel that converge at the hub. The closer we are to God, the closer we come to one another. The closer the spokes get down to the hub, the closer they are to one another. The closer you and I get to God, the closer we are to one another. It's our God-given responsibility and duty to promote harmony. You know, you can trust a person like that. There is something that is self-evidently good about a person that promotes harmony, that works to try to bring people to common ground and, and understanding, as opposed to individuals who are just stirring up stuff. It's our responsibility. You don't trust anybody that stirs up trouble. You don't, you don't trust anybody that sows discord. Again, a person of character is a person who is going to promote harmony. Number four, people of character are not to be snobbish but to take a real interest in, if you will, ordinary people. That's what verse number 16 says when it goes on to say, mind not high things, 
but condescend to men of low estate. A lot of people just want to mind high things. Oh, I want to get to know them. You see the car they drove up in? I want to get to know them. You see the house they they live in? What about the poor family that drives up in the rusted out vehicle? What about the family that's had a rough go of it and, you know, they're just uh, barely, barely getting by? Tells us, mind not high things, but condescend to men of low estate. Have an affection for. Have a heart for those people that maybe don't look so idealistic as people are thought of today. Maybe they're not as proper. Maybe they're a little more awkward. I I love and I appreciate and I trust people who, sure, they're nice to the well-to-do. They're appreciative of the well-to-do, but they never show favors. They're just as happy sitting back there with a family that's struggling as it is with a family that has been greatly blessed. And a person that's that kind of person is the kind of person that has character. And that's the kind of person we know that we can trust. How can I trust him? Because, you see, I, I see how he is around wealthy people, and I'm not a wealthy person, and I see how he acts differently around other people. How do I know that he's going to act around me? The person lacks character you don't trust. And if you're the person that's lacking that character, you're the person that's not going to be trusted. People of character are not to be snobbish, but take a real interest in ordinary people. Uh, This quote, selfish ambition in the church is fatal to perfect mutual consideration. Selfish ambition in the church is fatal to perfect mutual consideration. And if you've been in church any length of time, you know sadly sometimes that happens. There are some people that are so set on getting their way, they could care less if it split a church wide open. In fact, they would take it as a source of pride that, you know, well, we didn't need those people anyway. So selfish ambition can ruin that. Number five, people of character are not to have conceit or feelings of superiority over others. The Bible is very clear. Be not wise in your own conceits. Be not wise in your own... Don't don't think that you're the only one with the answers. Don't think that your way is the only way. Be not wise in your own conceits. That's that's being conceited. We don't respect or trust people like that. But a person that comes to the table that will put forth his idea, but will equally listen to everybody else's, and if somebody else has got a better idea, we respect that person. That's a person that, that has character, unlike the other sourpuss that's sitting at the table mad because you can tell he's not getting his way and everybody's sensitive. Well, I bet he don't come back to the meeting no more because he thinks it's his way or the, or the highway. But you're never going to build a relationship with that person. You can't trust that person that per- because... They're wise in their own conceits. One guy says, and I, and I quote, and I think he's quoting Henry Morris, observes that the person who, this is great, the person who is wise in his own eyes is rarely so in the eyes of other people. Isn't that a good quote? But the problem with those people is that are wise in their own eyes, they, they don't get it. They, they just, they don't get it. 
Number six, people of character never seek revenge. This is similar to the first point. Verse number 17 says, recompense to no man evil for evil. Recompense to no man evil for evil. Here's a good quote. All of us have experienced a strong urge to get back of repaying and kind of giving someone what they deserve. When we respond in this manner, we are simply lowering ourselves to the level of the person who irritates us. A person of character doesn't get a person of Christian character doesn't get evil. I mean, get revenge. He's not going to get even, uh, evil for evil. People of character never seek revenge. An immature person, a lost person, very likely, if they're done wrong, their number one desire is to get even. Number seven, lastly, people of character do things in such a way that everyone can see you are honorable. You do things in a way that it's obvious that you are honorable. It says, provide things honest in the sight of all men. You are honest. You have integrity. You don't lie. You don't cheat. You don't steal. You don't take advantage of other people in part because you know others are watching. That's what it says. Provide things honest in the sight of all men. Let everyone see that you are a person of integrity. Let everyone see that you are a man or woman of your word. Let everyone see that when you do mess up, you don't make excuses, you acknowledge it, you assume responsibility, and you move on. Provide things honest in the sight of all men. This quote. A Christian should not concentrate on the evil in others, but instead should focus on what is good. By doing so, we encourage others around us to aspire to the good. We're trying to provide things honest in the sight of all men. And we try to find good in other men as well. Oswald Chambers, the Christian writer, said, Character in a saint means the disposition of Jesus Christ persistently manifested. Character in a saint means the disposition of Jesus Christ presently manifested. Why is character important? Because without it, you cannot build trust. Why is trust important? Because without it, you cannot have quality relationships. Relationships that honor God. Relationships that are a good testimony. Relationships that are mutually beneficial when you lack trust. And trust not occurring when you lack trust character. Character is the foundation for trust, and trust is an essential part of healthy relationships. Let me say that one more time. Character is the foundation for trust, and trust is the essential part of healthy relationships. This last quote concerning the power of trust. You think about it, trust is powerful, and the lack of trust is powerful as well. In a world filled with distrust, 
those who can truly trust each other thus spawn the possibility of having a breakthrough in their relationships. Because together they can co-create, be spontaneous, and contribute to each other's well-being. In other words, when you have trust between husband and wife, trust between children, teenagers, parents, trust in a church, trust in your extended family, trust in an organization... That's just fertile ground for good things. It's a fertile ground for a good testimony. It's a fertile ground for joy to spring up and and happiness to, to, to spring up. The lack of trust is cold. It's suspicious. It, it's, it's deadly. It's, it's dark. And nothing of any worth or value can grow there. Let me ask you, we're done. Are you known as a person of good character? Or maybe think of it this way. You know, my wife doesn't trust me. My husband doesn't trust me. Young people, my, 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 my parents don't trust me. Well, maybe we just hit on the answer. Maybe you're not trustworthy. Could that be possible? Is, is that right? The thought never occurred to me that I'm not trustworthy. Well, didn't you lie to her the other day when you said you were going to be home at 5 and you didn't get home at 9? You really didn't have a good reason? Kids, is it any wonder? You know, you told your parents that you were going over so-and-so's house, but you didn't go there. You went somewhere else. And you wonder why they don't trust you? Because you lack character. The good news is it can definitely be fixed. You can teach, in some cases, where it's necessary, an old dog new tricks. Study Romans chapter 12 and determine with God's help and by God's grace, these qualities are going to be seen in your life. Then you're going to have character. And when you have character, people are going to trust you. And when people trust each other, that is a fertile ground for the flowering beauty of many things good and many things honoring to God. As we stand, please, with our heads bowed and our eyes closed. Heads are bowed and eyes are closed.